Welcome to St Ed's Line, the podcast from St Edmund's School, an independent day and boarding school in Canterbury for children aged 2 to 18. Each episode, you'll learn more about the school and its community. So let's get into this episode right now of St Ed's Line. Well, good afternoon. I am joined this afternoon with Kath Shearers here, Nikki, Lucy, Christina, Henry and Sienna. And today we are going to be talking about mental health. So I'm just going to start off with asking you, Kath, I mean, obviously all the conversation as well going on about mental health, but what has led to the foundation of the Peer Education Project and how is mental health managed at St Edmunds at the moment? Hello, yes. Um, The Peer Education Project is a project that's started by the Mental Health Foundation. It's an intervention that takes place involving year 12 pupils who receive nine hours of teacher training and then they're ready to deliver a series of five lessons to year seven PSHE classes. So it's something that I was really interested in before lockdown, trained up the peer educators and then we went into lockdown But the peer educators wanted to continue with the project and um, we ended up piloting the remote learning for the peer education project, which was fairly successful, but it lost the face-to-face engagement Mm. that is really special and that's really a really important part of peer education. So this year we decided to relaunch it and we had a group of peer listeners from the school. So those are pupils that are trained with low-level counselling skills in order to provide a service for the rest of the school population. And they were really keen to get involved and to get into the classroom. So they underwent the training and then they taught their first lessons a couple of weeks ago, which were enormously successful. So it was really great feedback from the staff that were observing them, from the peer educators and also from the Year 7 pupils who found it a great novelty to be taught by the role models which were actually missing during lockdown. I think during the bubble system everybody existed within their own year groups and that was one thing that we found um, that was lacking and um, they were unable to see how they would progress up the school in terms of leadership and responsibility and um, the peer education projects just brought all of that back into the school. Well, you've touched on some of the challenges that you've faced as a school and for young people as well over the last few years. There might be some people listening thinking, I mean, it's great that your year 12s are reaching out to year seven, but why have you chosen pupils to actually deliver this education project and particularly with mental health as the focus? I think one of the key things about peer education is that it's very, very close to their own experience and I feel they are approachable and accessible and and relevant. And rather than having their standard um, PSHE teacher delivering um, a message which they might find isn't particularly relevant to them, they've got people that have gone through the same things as them and are able to to share their own experiences. So it's just provided um, a a really nice relationship between the Year 7s and the Year 12s. Um, Hopefully they'll be able to tell you a little bit more about how it worked in practice, but that's really the, the underlying principle behind the project. Well, you mentioned, thank you, that the Year 7 class has responded brilliantly, so I'm going to be looking forward to quizzing some of your Year 12s. But just taking a step back as well, you know, mental health, the conversation going on, why do you at St Edmunds feel this is something, particularly in your role as Deputy Head Pastoral, why have you championed this particularly, Kath? I think our pastoral systems are, are very strong in school, but we were really mindful when we came out of lockdown, um, and the media's highlighted this as well, that there's increased levels of mental health issues from all all levels, from low level to higher safeguarding levels, um, and also high levels of anxiety amongst the pupils. And we just wanted to make sure that there was enough support in, in place for them and there are enough people that they could access and enough places that they could access just to 
sometimes just have a little bit of time out, sometimes have somebody to listen to them, rather than having a, a big um, intervention or a big pastoral response, which some of these issues just didn't require. And what do you think are some of the main things that actually affect students' mental health? I think part of it was anxiety. I think coming, mm. coming out of remote learning, they're nodding, so I must be getting this right. I think also friendship issues, socialising and just being back in the room together as opposed to being online. And they've just had to adjust to, to different ways of being. And I have to say, you know, they've done exceptionally well. And I think we've, we don't have enormous amounts of mental health problems but it's really good for them to know that they've got people to talk to uh, and it kind of removes the stigma attached to it as well so our counsellor who you're also going to hear from mm. has developed the the wellbeing centre and that's that's proven to be really popular in terms of drop-in at lunchtime so it's just a place to be a place to have a, a little bit of quiet and time out and to know that there are people there that can share their experiences and, and just really listen to them. Well, thank you so much, Kath. Well, what should we throw this question open to some of the students about, you know, what are some of the things that you have been dealing with? Obviously, I know the last two years have been challenging. So what are some of the things that have affected you? I'd say during the lockdown, I agree with Miss Shiro with the anxiety that quite a lot of us feel. And I'd say it's the same with year sevens. Quite a lot of the time you'd see a bit of yourself in the year sevens and a bit of the mental health problems they face are similar to your own and I think that's why this education project is so great because it enables us to tell them about our own experiences and tell them how we were able to come back from them but also just provide support in their own journeys. Thank you and just holding in that just pushing into that question what was it that drew you into wanting to step up as a peer educator? Well I think first of all personal experience but also the idea that giving younger students the opportunity to learn from older students. It's the idea of being a role model and giving them something almost to aspire to and see, give them an example of a person that is, is understanding of that kind of thing, who's nearer that their age and their circumstance, if you see what I mean. I think that's a very good point. Thank you. Because I think as a role model, people often hold up role models, don't they? It's all about being per perfect or something like that. And thank you for touching on the idea that actually it's also showing all the different facets that you go through. Um, so if someone else would like to say, what have you enjoyed about delivering these sessions to Year 7? I think I've enjoyed how responsive they've been. Initially, I thought it was going to be quite unsuccessful. I thought we wouldn't have enough control. I've actually seen that they're way more responsive in some ways to us than teachers. They open up a lot more, which I think is really lovely to see. And what were some of the things that you did that engaged them and made them responsive, do you think? So we started each and ended each of the sessions with a mindfulness exercise, so to calm them down. Um, and we also did icebreaker exercises, so kind of getting them to work more as a community, working together. Oh, brilliant. And who do you see benefits most from this project? I'd say us as educators just as much as them, because I remember my experience in year seven, and I would say that during the PSHE lessons, I would often feel maybe a little bit uncomfortable or not really wanting to pay attention most of the time, to be honest, because it didn't seem quite important. But then I think it just brings attention to the fact that mental health is just important. It's physical health and very relevant at the moment in our society. So I think them just realising that through our education is really important but also us kind of reminding ourselves of the mental health spectrum as well has been really influential for us and i think that there's a because of the gap between students and teachers it can, it can repel the students from listening and engaging and learning and if you close the age gap there's a possibility 
or well, we've seen that mm-hmm. it, they respond and engage better because they, well, yeah, it's, again, it's like they see themselves. Mm. They can see where they they're, where they might be in a few yeah. years' time. We we come from the same generation as them, so much of the questions that they ask. Um, we can tap into, and it's not like it's not as if they are asking a teacher, which they could be a little bit more intimidated by, since the teacher has much more knowledge than them, and afraid to answer. I mean, sorry, ask some questions. But we, as students, we're also learning in that process, and so when they ask us, it's more like teetering on into like friendship in a way where um, it's less of a boundary and less of a. Uh, intimidation factor when you know they're asking teachers compared to when they're asking students that have lived the same um, in the same generation and age group. And that's a very good reminder. And I'm sure there's probably a lot of parents listening as well who are aware of the gap, particularly, you know, your generation, digital natives, you know, the parents' generation not being so aware of it, the huge conversation around social media and mental health. So, I mean, you know, Obviously, it would be lovely to hear as well about what do you think has been the impact? What can you see uh, maybe around the school or even just in these conversations with Year 7? I think the impact has been great, again, on the students, but also the teachers have also realised how much of a difference it's made to the Year 7s. I think quite a lot of the times they're quite surprised in their engagement. And so I think also around the school, it kind of enables us to know more about the Year 7s, kind of get to know them as Henry said, we're kind of role models to them now. And so it's really nice to kind of have that impact on their whole lives, but also get to know them in a personal way. And in that way, they're more comfortable coming to us with any problems that they might have. And that's a great thing as well, particularly for your school, uh, you know, just the sense of community and also creating those relationships. So going back a sort of step as well. So there you were called into the peer education project. And also, you know, what was the training that you undertook to prepare you for this? And what are you thinking about doing next? So, well, as Mrs. Shearer said, we had nine hours of training, which a lot of it is teaching us how to control a class mm-hmm. and how to initially at the beginning of the session engage them with things called icebreakers. And also within like the training, we had questions uh, given to us as well as peer educators, um, sort of things that challenges that we would come to face, like scenarios in which we could undertake and try and deal with. And as a group, we all collectively were talking about the different steps we could take. And so I think the training was really thorough in the ways in which um, we could handle different sort of scenarios. If a student had said something a bit too a bit too personal or a little bit too invasive, we would come up with things that we could say to them after the class or you know just during the lessons so I think as students we learn a lot about how teachers also felt through how they would usually conduct in a classroom and how we like I just we just got to see how teachers felt about the entire process and it made it let it let us realize a much more a different side to them I think. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. I was going to ask you, has it given you a new sort of respect for some of your teachers? So I'm glad you've cemented that as well, which is great to hear. I mean, you know, totally. I, I love the sort of fact you're talking about all of the things that you learn and how to actually facilitate an open discussion is such a huge skill. So you sound like you've done an amazing job. And I know that the teachers who observed your lessons were incredibly impressed by you. I mean, you know, all of this seems really important and mental health and the awareness about it. And so, 
one of the things I suppose would be thinking about what next? What are you thinking next? You've started this, the education. What would you like to see next going forward? Well, I think we've got a few more lessons to deliver. So I think we've got about four more to deliver as part of the peer educator project. But I think maybe involving the junior school more with the senior school would be a nice step forward as regards to mental health and everything. Because as Christina said, being in the same generation, it allows us to all know what we've experienced as like a collective. So both the junior school and senior school working together, I think would be quite nice. I think also this year, especially this academic year, there's been much more importance and significance placed on mental health. And we're finally learning to learn about, you know, this week and everything. And previously in the years, it would have been less doted upon. So learning more about it in the now is much more beneficial to our school community as a whole, since it's like you said earlier, it's so important to have an open discussion. And so I think that narrowing the gap, like Sienna mentioned, was really vital and how in the future the gap will be even more narrowed between the year groups. I think one way that we could even do that is I mentioned to the year sevens in one of the classes about the peer educators, um, but also within, since we're all peer educators, we're also peer listeners. I think they would really benefit from that as well because quite a lot of the time when we would ask them who would you go to if you had a concern, some of them looked at us with kind of confused faces because I think some of them were actually confused on who they would feel safe to go to if they didn't feel safe to go to their families or they just felt like it wouldn't concern them. They really didn't know who to go to because they didn't want to bother their friends, they didn't want to interrupt their lives, so they didn't really know who they could talk to that could relate to them on a personal level. So I think introducing the peer listeners program to the junior school by mm-hmm. kind of closing that gap would really help the junior school to open up about their own problems and feel more comfortable talking to someone that maybe they relate to more now that they know since we are role models for them. Yeah, thank you for bringing that up, actually, because I know that Mr. Shira mentioned about the peer listening and training you as that. And that is such an important place, isn't it, to create safe spaces, opportunities to listen. And so how did you feel about that aspect of becoming, being trained as a peer listener, not just an educator, but actually having space? Why do you think that's an important part of your training as well? I think that training we received as peer listeners prior to peer educators was really helpful in in taking all of the information that we were supposed to give to year sevens because the experience we have as peer listeners allow us to really rather than give advice to an issue or try and you know solve someone's problems we're really there just to listen and most of the times people who need to vent or like give out some steam to their frustrations they need a listener they need someone who won't just give them ideas and solutions they need someone to just step back and listen and so from that training we received as peer listeners we could apply it to the uh, year sevens because we're not we're delivering a lesson of course but we're we're not trying to talk down to them we're we're talking to them as you know friends as listeners and like Lucy said we sort of promoted our whole scheme to them so that when they make the journey from junior school to senior school it's much more smoother and it's uh, much more easier to be comfortable around this you know little fish in a big pond kind of situation. (laughs) Thank you. Does anyone else want to say as well what have they enjoyed about or what have they felt why this is actually an important system about being a peer listener at school? Well I think a lot of issues can just be 
fairly small ones that you might not need to go to Nikki um, about the school counsellor. You can just, uh, if you just need a person to talk to and you don't have, or you don't have trust or complete faith in your, or in the confidentiality of your friends and the people around you, if you just need to talk about something on a one-off instead of go and, and get a counselling session or something like that, you can, you can meet up with a peer listener once and just talk about one-off problems um, here and there and it, it goes no further really. Thank you, Henry. That's a really important point, isn't it? Because for human relationships, it's all about interaction, isn't it? And having space to know that people listen to us. Right. Well, I think it uh, could be time for us to hand over to Nikki to hear about the Wellbeing Centre. Hi. Um, so the Wellbeing Centre, we started setting up in September and, and Kath has given you a, a lovely introduction as to why we felt that was needed. And it has been a wonderful space, really, that started being created to offer students for one-to-one counselling, which I obviously do, but also a space to be able to, sort of at lunch times we have a drop-in and we do, on a Wednesday, we sort of have some activities and things. We've been growing some plants and things like that. But just a space to just come and be. So for some pupils... Perhaps part of that transition into coming into the senior school, maybe, you know, they may be going through perhaps some friendship issues and things like that. And also children or pupils that just want to acquire to space, perhaps. And the wellbeing centre is being used for, for to have that space and that time to, to just relax, just to talk and just to be together and it it really has I would say it's really grown over this year um, and has changed and it's it's evolving as I get to know the pupils and get to understand the school of what they need and what they want during this time. Wow, gosh, and that's an interesting one, isn't it? The whole idea about changing and adapting to the school and mm. so important that there's that space for the, to do that. So what kind of led you first to kind of come up with this whole idea of the wellbeing centre? What was the sort of spark that, you know, drew that into being? Well, I can't say that that's my brainchild. So I'll have to say that is, is Miss Shearer's. But it was certainly something that we talked about even before sort of September and things in that our well-being, our mental health, our well-being is, is, is so important. It's not, I think one of the pupils said, you know, it's not just about our physical side of things. We need to look after our emotional and our, our, our well-being. Um, so it's all those different aspects that we need in order to be happy, be content, be able to have that space to be able to talk to somebody, know that it's okay to, to speak to somebody, to, to, have, to be heard when things are perhaps not going so well, but also when things are going well. I love that my, some of the students just pop their head in in between some of my sessions and just um, update me on how they are or what's been going on in their life. And for me, that's a real great sign that actually the, the wellbeing centre is being used in a in a, a really holistic way. It's not you know you, you don't just go there because you've got a problem. So it's there also to just come and be, if that makes sense. No, totally. Well, it's good to have it as a contrast. Also, the idea of rather than it being kind of like the sanatorium where people go to get yes. fixed, it's something that is part and parcel of school. It's the centre of everything that you do and you want every young person in your school to be part of it. So what have, what have you sort of seen as an impact perhaps since it's been open? You've talked about some of the changes. I love the ideas of the drop-in sessions and opportunities for young people. But what are you seeing now... Um, now it's been going for nearly a year. 
I'm seeing some pupils seeing it as, as a, a place that they can go, a safe place that they can go, that they can talk, as well as everything else that we've got going on in school. It's an additional place. It's a slightly different, perhaps, place and things. It's all about relationship and communication. They also know that they can come and they can speak openly. They can they can talk and 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 also talk about what they want from the centre as well. And so I think it will be an ever-evolving, changing place, which, you know, as you said, is really important. We need to be adaptable and, you know, change according to what our young people want and what they need and things. So I think it'll constantly be sort of a watch this space. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much, Nikki. I don't know whether, uh, Kath, there's anything else you'd like to add and share as well about these programmes and support systems and, you know, what they mean for you leading the school in your pastoral role. Yes, I think just to add that the initiatives that we've put in place this year have, have exceeded expectations, really, which has been fantastic. And as Nikki's just mentioned, we want to make them fit to our unique setting. We want to make them accessible to all pupils at St Edmunds. So, um, and I think that that's really worked. But we are really open to suge- suggestions as well. And I think the key thing, possibly from this whole podcast, is that the pupil voice is really the most important one in terms of mental health and well-being and how we can support the pupils. And we've listened to what the pupils want through the various schemes and through our student voice, which is our student council. And we've adapted the provision according to to the things that the pupils want. Brilliant. Well, thank you, because as they say, prevention is better than cure. And it sounds an incredible job that you're doing, particularly, and it's wonderful to hear as well from your students today at St Edmunds. So thank you so much to all of you for taking the time just to talk about this and to share, you know, your passions and your belief about mental health. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Now, that's it for this episode. To find out more, check out the school website, stedmonds.org.uk. Now, our next episode is coming out soon. But in the meantime, thank you for listening to this one. Don't forget to follow or subscribe so you can stay in touch. And we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.